Sink, sink or, or sink or swim. Sink or swim. A long COVID long haulers podcast. It's on every podcast platform where you listen to your podcast. Follow, share, like, and leave comments. Well, here we are. Welcome to another Sink or Swim Long COVID Long Haulers podcast. This is episode number two with Angela. If you missed episode number one, well, you'll want to go back and listen. She got a third reinfection, of course, you know. <laughs> so hard to avoid we actually don't even hardly ever leave our house to go anywhere I go to the doctor and um yeah I I saw a family member and got it for a third time unfortunately for the first time in two years you know I hadn't seen anybody and um that's all it took so you know (laughs) that was a short snippet from Angela talking about how she and her son both ended up catching COVID she talks about a whole lot more including dealing with friends family treatments you do want to go back and listen to episode number one but here today we're on episode number two I want to introduce to you Angela an engineer a mother and just like us a long COVID long haulers sufferer how did the vaccines fit into this did any of you use the vaccines or did you not use the vaccines yes so um we all got vaccinated um it did not protect us from getting covid the third time i have to say that my long covid with my long covid did kick up you know after round three a few weeks later i had mostly um i mean it was such a mild case of covid if you call it mild which people unfortunately use i actually didn't really realize i was that sick even you know with round three i you know just had like a headache one day um days separating with nothing and then you know i had like a rash um and then you know my first symptom was probably i kind of had body aches for one day but it was so mild that i didn't even realize i was sick so there was no stopping me spreading it you know to the rest of my family but the long COVID, you know, that comes after is, well, it was worse for me, you know, with all three rounds. You know, weeks later, I got the COVID toes and all the long COVID kicked up, you know, the shaking and the um, like burning in the blood vessels. Do, you, in the do you feel after effects like you said COVID toe and I got the same thing uh, yeah. probably about three, maybe even four months after the initial infection, I got the COVID toe even today. The rash, the lesion, that kind of stuff is not still there. It's been gone for a long time, but I can be sitting there and all of a sudden it just feels like somebody put an ice pick right in the same places where something like the COVID toe was located on my left foot. Does that happen to you? You know, it hap- the burning sensation only happens usually when um, my COVID toes kick up. So yours, but yours comes back? Yes, mine will go away and they will come back and um, they have lasted you know months on end too so that was the thing is like with round one i was like oh do i have the covid toast today i never even knew like they just hey listeners at the time of this episode recording we only had 13 to 14 countries around the world but at the time of the release and publication of this episode we're already over 25 countries so please join with us please support by following please like the episodes and please share this is making a difference in people's lives and you can be a part of it please follow like and share join us today it, the cycling of stuff going and coming 
all the time. Yeah, my wife is an RN, and she was doing some research on something totally unrelated. And I think she was looking at something, and she said, this looks almost like your toe look. So I Mm -hmm. went around there, and it was like, that's exactly what it is, but it was on a kid's foot. It's amazing how I'm hearing you talk about that some of these symptoms, kind of on a rotating basis, almost just keep coming back, and that's what you're calling your roller coaster. Yeah, and actually, you know, the times when I... uh, the COVID toes would get worse. I actually was typically feeling better. It was kind of interesting. So I didn't mind that symptom as much as the others because I was like, I can live with the COVID toes. I just don't have the other symptoms, you know. Let me, I'm going to kind of take us down a little bit of different pathway here. Quite frequently Mm -hmm. when I talk to people and when they've been on here for our conversations, we get to talking about things uh, that are related to how... When you're having, when your roller coaster is really up or really down, uh, there's the mental aspect of it. There's the trying to be normal. There's the trying to be with family. My question is, what do you do? To live, And when I say live, I don't just mean, you know, what's your job? Yeah. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. The long COVID, the long haulers, we have to make decisions to live. So what do you do to live? On the really bad days, I um, actually bought this little pop-up sauna online. And it, it was like pretty amazing because <laughs> I didn't have room for a full one. And I would hook that up. And it was like if I was struggling, you know, with the joint pain or just feeling awful I would just go sit in the sauna just to have my peaceful quiet time I've also bought this little headset that goes over your eyes and plays music and kind of massages your face for relaxation because I think just calming your body down is very important if there was other days you know where I couldn't walk I would I have a clawfoot tub I'd go sit in the bathtub with Epsom salt and I put a tv in there with Netflix and just sit there and I didn't have to do anything just sat there and relax Sometimes the right answer is not doing a whole lot and watching dumb shows on Netflix or (laughs) whatever, whatever you have hooked up there. Days when I could walk, I mean, there was there was days where I couldn't even, you know, I, I would go just sit on the front porch because I it was hard for me to even like walk anymore. I used to work out all the time. I remember one day it was like I couldn't even walk, you know, past the grass. I was just yeah. <laughs> walk up to the road. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. Doing what I could on the days I could without going over um, my limit and everybody's limit, you know, is is what it is for them. So me trying to keep myself walking what I could and kind of increasing it as I could was very helpful for me. And I put in like a little pathway in my yard here because I have this huge garden. So I would go walk, you know, on the little pathway through the trees. I guess they call it nature healing. Um, yeah. I think in Japan and just even going out in my garden, you know, even if I wasn't doing much, I just think being outside, you know, fresh air, sunlight, just not sitting in the house. Sometimes just that change of scenery to feel like you're kind of living as much as you can. I fortunately have gotten to a point where, you know, I can go out and garden and I can go for walks and and things like that. And I know other people aren't so fortunate, but I think, you know, me getting to a place where I was recovered before this last round has helped me actually not be as bad as far as the long haul with this third round it's not as bad as round one at least thank goodness yeah 
So, so it's I, I still find it very, very interesting that yours functions so much like a roller coaster. Uh, yeah. I, I guess I wonder in my head, which is mentally harder to deal with? Mine, because I have it every day. Uh, yes, it goes up and down in quality, but it doesn't go away. It's really kind of not a question. Uh, it's more of a discussion because I'm betting after this podcast, we'll hear about a few more people that are dealing with the roller coaster kind of effect. The mental aspect, uh, it's one of the biggest battles I deal with because I don't know when it's going to end. Yours right. almost is you don't know when it's going to come back. You kind of think it's going to, but you don't know if it will or will not. Right. So it, yours is almost like playing Russian roulette when mine is almost <laughs> like being a prisoner of war. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, amazing think... how the two contrast with each other. How do you deal with your mental part? My mental part was trying to control what I could control. So it didn't control me. Hmm, um, that yeah. was kind of going back to the, like, I'm very strict with my food, even still um, making sure I was not, you know, eating the processed foods, doing everything in my power to to try and control it. So I've never been a good sleeper either. So like sleeping as much as I could, you know, trying to fix fix as much as I could. Um, also, you know, seeking out treatments, trying to go to doctors. I get the sleeping part. I never used to be a real good sleeper either. But yeah. I'll tell you what, these nights where you just can't go to sleep and it's 5 o'clock a.m., 6 o'clock a.m. When I was in college, I called 6 a.m. the stupid hour. It was stupid to be up that late and it was stupid to get up that early, in my opinion, in college. <laughs> but now it's like, man, I just, how can I be not, I mean, I'm tired. I know I'm tired. Yeah. But you just can't go to sleep. And it's it's just weird. Yeah, it is. I, I've suffered. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You know, when you guys were talking about the mental health aspect, you mentioned about going outside, sitting outside, walking in your garden, that nature has healing properties. And, and you're absolutely right. Nature does have healing properties. When nature is able to work in our body because our bodies were made to have innate immune systems. When our immune systems are put in the best possible condition, we're able to tolerate illnesses, stresses that our body is placed under. Mm -hmm. Your, that's one of the answers that I heard you say to the mental health part of it is nature. I mean, our our, yep. bo our bodies long to go back home and, and home meaning earth, meaning nature. When we are exposed to green areas, our bodies respond differently than when we are in four walls in the house in a hospital room, whatever that might be. And exactly. I, know, I know as a nurse that if we can't take our patients to nature, we need to bring nature to our patients. And that might be plants, that might be putting them in a room that has a window with a view. Yeah. And just that little or the sound of water, even if you have water running on a radio or an iPod or something like that, you, you are taking care of your mental health with your nature components. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I'll go out there and I'll just stare at the birds or whatnot. And, you know, I noticed that I would feel better just even going and sitting out there. I, it, it's amazing how it just kind of helps when you stop thinking about how sucky you're 
feeling you kind of just get your mind off of it for a few minutes and just kind of enjoy, you know, what's around you. But it's hard because I know you're in pain and it's it's really, really hard, especially, you know, when you're shaking with tremors or whatever. It's easier said than done sometimes. I tell a story. I, I teach nursing right now and I tell a story to my students about the value of nature and a story about a gentleman that was waiting for a heart transplant. And he was in the hospital for months now waiting for this heart transplant. And he wasn't going to get to go home or even go anywhere until he got the heart transplant. His favorite place in the world was by the beach. And he had been stuck in this hospital room for months on end. And he was beginning to be depressed. His condition was deteriorating. And it was some nurses that decided that they were going to go get a shower curtain that looked like the beach. And they got a shower curtain and they hung it in his room and they put a recliner next to it. So his view was of the beach and he made leaps and bounds in progress until the time he was able to get his heart transplant. And it was because of a shower curtain. That's amazing. (laughs) I frequently say it's a choice, but the choice sometimes is so difficult that it's hard to make. And then it's hard to make and follow through with. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is when we get in that gutter or when we get into something that we have a really tough time doing it on our own. So we have to have some kind of support. We have to have a person, a friend, a family, somebody, something that is a support. So who or what would you consider your support? Tell our listeners about how that works and how it helps you. Yeah, um, I I think my biggest support has actually been um, some of the the online groups for for long COVID because, you know, it it made me feel like I wasn't so crazy. (laughs) Some of these symptoms, you're just like, what is going on today? You know, especially with my cyclical nature is just like, what is what is happening now? You know, you know, seeing that that other people are having the same symptoms. So it's not in your head. You know, you go to some doctors and they might say, oh, you don't have a positive test or whatever. And it's uh, come on, (laughs) there is something wrong. You know, some of these specialist you'll go to that's like they look at one thing is you have to look at the whole picture uh, you know talking to other people at least that understand makes a huge difference uh there's also uh, you know i've i've talked to a few people that have contacted me you know asking like how can i help educate my family about long covid um there's a really good movie online the long haul dot movie is the website and so tried to you know make sure that friends and family watch that as well so that they kind of have a little bit better of an understanding because i think it's hard for people that aren't going through it to actually understand name it again long haul dot movie okay is the name of the movie so one thing i've done is you know i I share it with people because i i want to help people get educated on it so that they can try to help support you it's hard though so you have to think of it as people aren't going to understand unless they're going through it but they're going to try their best to support you if they can if they understand a little bit about it so trying to educate them about it so that maybe they're like oh i i understand why you can't walk today and you could yesterday or you know, I understand why you can't make your meals anymore so that they can offer the support you need. So I think the education part is and I think admitting I mean, we can support ourselves by admitting 
to ourselves that if we aren't okay, we need to set our expectations realistically for that day. You know, if you're having a good day, you can you can say maybe I'll treat myself to this or that, but it's okay to say you're not okay. I agree with that, you on that. And one thing that I would say uh, for the men that may be listening to this or uh, whoever the supporter is, to get uh, whoever those guys are that are suffering from the long haul, long COVID. It is not a failure to say what Angela just said. It is not weak. It is actually an intelligent decision to be able to sit down and say, here's where my limits are. If I'm going to do whatever I want to do tomorrow, I have to realize what my limits are today. And exactly. I know that's really one I struggle with because I'll, I'll just beat the tar out of something to get something done just like I used to do. And mm-hmm. boy, tomorrow... And I just jumped on one of the groups that, because I wanted to say the name correctly, it's called COVID Long Haulers Humor Therapy Group. <laughs> you, if you're not in there, you need to go check it out. Because the very first one, as I scroll down, the very first one, uh, it is Kermit sitting on the curb, his head down, and he's just exhausted. And he says, I feel like I'm already tired tomorrow. <laughs> and it, that's true. And it's just there's always stuff on there that kind of makes you laugh. And it's humor. I really enjoy humor to help make it through stuff. But I would kind of like to hear if this experience has affected your job. It has been difficult um, because I'm not the same person I was before. What I've had to do is write myself post-its of my little goals to do throughout the day to kind of feel like, yes, I'm progressing. I'm doing what I can, taking days off, you know, when I've needed to, just because you kind of have to. Sometimes you have to admit, like, some days you're not okay. After I, I got, I'd done the cytokine treatment and recovered some, I... I actually was happy to feel like myself again because that brain fog is just so debilitating. It's it's really hard to focus. It's really hard to do like things that I used to be able to do if I was having an off day. I noticed like my math skills were horrible <laughs> and I'm an engineer and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it, it does. It, it is a struggle. Um, I luckily have had people that are pretty supportive, you know, at work and stuff. So I haven't been shy about it because I think we have to share that we're not okay and it's okay to do that. Because you have to set your expectations appropriately. I've, I've had some days where it's like, okay, I, I can get more done in the morning. And um, I look at where I'm most effective because I know some days my symptoms would kick up the most at night. So if it was that I worked it in the morning, you know, took a little walk around the garden, you know, a 15 minute walk or whatever I needed to do to get through the day. I have that bouncing back and forth for the mornings and the nights, usually when it starts to get dark. Uh, yeah. I can I can tell and it doesn't go off the clock. <laughs> I think you could put me in a room with no light, no uh, windows and I'd still have a general idea about when the earth seems to be where it's at and whatever it is that my body uses as its internal time clock on how it makes me feel. It's it's again 
I have to say, it's the weirdest thing, and I've never been able to run into anybody yet that can explain all of it to a point of understanding all of it yet, but we keep going and we'll get there. So is there anything else that you would like to bring up? Anything else that you would like to say or talk about before we close out? Be your own advocate and try to find the resources you need. If you're not okay, you know, find a support group. If a doctor doesn't believe you, find another one. Yeah, that's one spot where I've been very lucky. It's partially probably because I'm a PA and my wife is an RN. So they tended to believe us a little bit more without, you know, raising the layman issue. Just because your doctor doesn't believe you doesn't mean it's not real. It means you need to go find another doctor because you need to be, like you said, an advocate for yourself. So I really appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you've given uh, those people that are listening and Stacy. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode and others. We have a website where we put all of the information and links that our interviewees provide us. You can go see information about the movie she talked about. You can also go see information about the nowleap.com. So go to our website at sinkorswimpod.com. That's sinkorswimpod.com. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for for doing all this too because I've had so many people reach out to me and I like they're asking me because I was one of the people that have recovered you know at one point before yeah. this last round I'm doing treatment again through that chronic treatment center so I think I'll be okay in a few weeks but well, um, I, would, I would be very interested to see whatever info you could send me on that because I know it's local, yeah. it's local to you right? No it's actually across the United States so oh. I participated in their original research Research. They published several papers. Um, my son and I both participated in the original research, um, and they basically had found the pattern of cytokines that were elevated in long haulers yes. um, from, from the research. And they actually found persistent virus in the myocyte. Yes. Not fully replicable. It can't replicate because it doesn't have uh, the full RNA. It's just particles. But they found it still in the blood, you know, 15 months later in people. And it's because our bodies aren't getting rid of the monocytes with the virus that we our immune systems took out and that's why the symptoms kick up so that's why like going through that treatment they told me hey don't go do cardio because you go do cardio you're going to kick up the monocytes which kicks up your symptoms which is part of the whole cyclical nature of what i was doing it's kind of like you don't run through a a dusty room or your allergies are going to take off so i mean i know that's simplistic but just for like understanding that's about the best way to apples to apples yeah i mean there's some people it hasn't worked for but i i think they said there's like about an 85 percent you know rate of it working for people um now that's not so the ebu is it it's not the way ebu e-b-o-o it's another no. treatment okay no this is just like cytokine panels and them targeting the cytokine so one of the patterns with the long haulers is uh, high is it CCL5 or CC, RANTES is what they call it. High RANTES is typical in the long haulers. And when you have a high RANTES, the cytokine chemokin panel, it basically is keeping the messaging from going through from your other cytokines that are like saying, hey, do this, do that, you know, take out these monocytes with this virus in it. So the goal of their treatment is to lower those cytokines into 
to a normal range. One of the patterns I think they found was we have low CCL4, higher other cytokines. And so what they try to do is get that CCL4 cytokine to actually raise and that lowers the other cytokines. It, they kind of all follow the ranches. For so, an engineer, you sure done your research. <laughs> oh, well, goodness. you know, yeah, really, I'm, I'm very uh, impressed. I really am. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Yeah. So, well, I went through the treatment, so yeah. I, I know that what my panel looked like in my son's. So, you know, we did that. Actually, this last time, I just actually have the vascular inflammation. I don't have all of the uh, cytokines high like I did before, which is interesting. Hmm. Well, again, I will say thank you. Uh, yeah. Everything that you've shared, everything you've been very gracious in what you're sharing with everybody that will listen. We actually have about 13, maybe 14 different countries that people listen to the podcast from already. And the podcast is not old. I mean, it's brand new. I know what it's going to do. And I know that every podcast we put out is going to get listened to for a long time uh, over and over as people discover it and as people start looking around. So the number of people that you ultimately over the next year or two, however long, the number of people that you're going to end up touching because of your podcast here, I think it's going to be pretty incredible. So I just, I tell you, thank you for that because you probably just touched a whole lot of people and and maybe made a difference in a whole lot of people's lives. So thank you thank very you. much. And Angela, uh, if there isn't anything else, uh, yeah. I appreciate your time. I wish you the best of luck. I hope you don't get another roller coaster ride. I hope and pray you're done with it. Uh, uh, because yeah. uh, none of us deserve it. We pray for your yeah, baby more- too. Yeah, him too. But I, I don't care how old your son is. He's still your baby. So we pray for him as well. Uh, I know. Luckily, the long COVID is not as bad in him this last round either. Like, we all were scared. But, you know, the weird thing is, is my husband, who hasn't been a long hauler, it hit him with round three. So mm. I think people need to realize if they think they're scared because they were okay with round one or round two, they might not be okay with round three or four. Yeah, I don't think there's anything with COVID that can be a taken or a given. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's just something that we're going to learn as we go. So, Angela, I appreciate it. Uh, We're going to go. I really, really, really appreciate your time and thank you for doing this with us. I want to thank you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of Sink or Swim, a long COVID long haulers podcast. Our podcasts are now on every podcast platform that is out there that we're aware of. If you can't find it on the one that you listen to, please email us at info at sinkorswimpod.com. Our website is sinkorswimpod.com. You can find the information that we have discussed here and more information, including where there are clinics that can provide treatments for you. If you are a long COVID long hauler, my empathy, my prayers, and my thoughts are with you. I am one with you. If you are a supporter of a long COVID long hauler, I want to thank you for doing what you're doing. I want to encourage you to keep going because there may or may not be an end to what they're going through. I also want to encourage all of you, follow the podcast. Please click the button, follow the podcast. Please like the episodes and please share. There are over 11 million long COVID long haulers just in the United States. 
and we are now over 25 to 27 countries around the world. Please follow, like the episodes, and share the podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. We are making a difference.